Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. You know, with inflation on the rise and consumers on the ropes, everyone's talking about the big, scary R word, recession. Are we staring down at another recession? And what can you do about it if we are? In today's episode, we're going to talk about the signs of recession that could be on the way, plus try to figure out if we are about to enter one. And then if we are, how to shore up your finances to help you ride things out when the economy gets bumpy. I'm Stacy Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacy. List- listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor Aaron Freeman. What's happening, Aaron? Hey, man. I'm feeling a little recessed. Cool. <laughs> Today's special guest is investment analyst Joseph Hogue. He's a CFA, founder of the investing website MyStockMarketBasics.com. Did I say your last name right, Joseph? I forgot to ask you. Perfect. Thanks, Stacey. I appreciate awesome. it. Okay. Let's get the ball rolling. But first, a quick disclaimer. Should we discuss specific investments in this show? Don't take them as recommendations. You know why? Because they're not recommendations. Before you invest in anything, you've got to do your own research. You've got to make your own decisions. Okay. Let's get back to the topic at hand. We have not discussed this beforehand. I'm hoping we're going to have a lively discussion. I say a recession is more likely than not. Let's go around the horn. Miranda, what do you say? <laughs> I, I've been saying that we're we're ripe for a recession since 2017, <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, sure, yes, we should be having a recession any minute now. Just, oh, just hey, waiting. Actually, just actually waiting. I'm glad you said that. Let's back up a step. Recession in 2022. Yes or no? I say, <laughs> I say, kind of yes. I'm gonna if I have to bet, I'm gonna bet yes. What? Okay, now what do you say, Miranda? 2022 recession? Yes or no? <laughs> I've been saying yes for the past five years, so sure. Okay. Might as well keep being okay, wrong. Okay, so yes. <laughs> okay. Joseph, our expert. 2022. Uh, no, I would say no, except for investors, it may feel like one. Uh, you know, obviously, if we're saying 2022 recession, will the uh, will the government uh, call eventually call a recession that started in 2022? No, I think they'll call it in 2023. Uh, but of course, you know, stocks are going to uh, are going to do what they're going to do before or after that. Yeah. So you say yes to recession, but probably 2023 and not 2022. I would say 2023. Okay, Aaron, round us out. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to agree with that. Um, <laughs> most uh, most recessions seem to have uh, low GDP and low unemployment rate and all that kind of stuff. All these little weird other things going on there, and that's not really happening all that much. Just today's kind of weird, so it might be uh, long after. Okay, now. Now that we've established, we so basically all four of us think there's going to be a recession. Miranda thinks there's going to be one last year <laughs> and the year before, the year before, the year before. <laughs> I mean, we're due. We're due. We're due for a real stock market crash and a real recession. We haven't had either of those. Oh, and you know what I neglected to do at the outset? So let me let me backtrack a minute here and introduce our guests a little more. Joseph, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because you're going to be giving us your opinions. So let's let our listeners know why they should listen to those opinions. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, you know, from from Des Moines, Iowa, actually uh, served in the Marine Corps. After that, I got into equity analysis. So I, uh, I was about 10 years in uh, equity analysis with venture capital as well as private wealth management. Uh, since 2014, I've been managing my own my own blogs. And since 2017, I uh, started the uh, YouTube channel, Let's Talk Money. So really uh, bringing what I learned through venture capital investments, through equity analysis to uh, you know regular Main Street investors. Uh, and and really, you know, loving the face-to-face interaction and, and the relationship I get with them, 
them as opposed to uh, you know the million dollar clients, which is all I ever saw in the uh, you know in venture capital. So so you are an investor in individual stocks, is that true? Yes, yes, cool. I am. I, I, thank you. Thanks for coming to the podcast because. Sure. Miranda, my co-host, just <laughs> buys so index funds. And it's, I mean, it's like watching paint dry. I'm like, so what do you think of markets? She goes, what do I care? I think so about the market. I spent some more money in index funds. I'm glad to have somebody. Well, well you know, what's the uh, what's the old quote? You know, investing should be like uh, should be like watching the grass grow. Uh, if you want uh, if you want excitement, take it to uh, take it to Vegas. I well, think. that may be a great right? that may uh, be a great philosophy for investing, but it's, it sucks for doing a podcast. No stuff. I mean, about. we don't want to watch grass <laughs> yeah. grow in a podcast. We need to have some kind of controversy or some kind of discussion. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now. And, and you know, go ahead, I, go ahead. I would add to you. I would add to your question, though. Uh, when when is a recession coming? If there is one thing, and probably only one thing that I have learned in twenty years of investing uh, myself, ten years as an equity analyst, is that recessions, stock market crashes, they're kind of like that proverbial pot of water, right? Uh, they're never going to boil when you watch them. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things like uh, if everybody's calling for a recession, if everybody thinks stocks are, stocks are going to crash, probably not going to happen. Uh, it's, it's always when you least expect it, right? And, and you know, oh, so, go ahead, so I guess we'll never have a recession. Never going to happen. <laughs> not, unless, not unless you stop expecting it. I'll stop, I'll stop well, expecting okay. it. It's just not you know what happen. you guys we should have done too uh, is define what a recession is. Anyone, anyone who would uh, make an attempt at that? What, what exactly is a recession for our novice listeners who don't know what a recession even is? Anyone want to define it for me? Oh, well, technically, it's the, uh, the two quarters, so six months uh, in a row, of negative GDP growth, of, so falling, uh, falling economic growth, right? And, and, of course, you know, all the things you get with that, usually uh, higher unemployment and, uh, and maybe lower wage growth. Okay. That, which, uh, anything- go ahead, Minerva. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that makes a lot of sense, though, when, um, you know, Joseph said something early, earlier, what he said was, I don't think the government's going to call it till 2023. And so that means we might enter a recession toward the end of 2022, but we're not going to know it's a recession and we're not going to be told it's a recession until we get, you know, we get, we got to be six months down the road. It's, it's one of those things, calling it a recession is what, a trailing indicator, I guess. Well, it is a trailing right? indicator because you're, you're talking about the last it, yeah, three months yeah. of, of uh, GDP growth or negative growth. Uh, so it's by yeah. definition a trailing indicator. Now, it's, how yeah, long does a typical row, recession yeah. last? Anyone want to take a stab at that? 17 months is the typical but, but actually <laughs> by the way though by up. the way if you do look that up you'll find a whole bunch of different definitions uh, you'll you'll find some that say 28 months the, i said 17 months because that's when i saw the most but i saw all different kinds of guesses i mean i saw you know authoritative sources using different numbers and radically different numbers so but we can call it a year and a half or so is a typical uh, recession but they don't always last that long they could be short and steep they could be long and, and horrible uh, you know, there could be any number of things. So let me go back to Joseph. Joseph, let's say we're going to have a recession. How bad is it going to be? Should you sell everything? Should you be out of the market? <laughs> sure. Well, and, and you know, uh, going back to your disclaimer about uh, financial advice, right? Uh, the, the hardest part here is that we're talking to so many different investors with so many different needs and, and goals. Uh, and the biggest, the biggest uh, question every investor needs to ask themselves is, how long until you need the money, right? Uh, if you do not need that money uh, in your investments for 10 plus years, then no, I would say just keep on what you're doing. You know, keep on uh, investing every single month, invest in uh, the stocks and the companies that you love. And because there's if there's one thing that the uh, stock market will always do, 
it will always go up eventually, right? Uh, so it is we going so. to build up to hot tire prices. If, uh, you know, if on the other hand, you've got less than maybe five years until retirement, until needing that money, then that's when this becomes very much a, a more important question for you. Because, you know, if stock prices do fall another uh, 15 or 20 percent, then it might take them uh, quite a bit longer to to get back up to to the point where you need it. Remember, it took the Nasdaq 14 years uh, after the stock, after the bubble crash, the internet bubble crash in 2000, to build back up to that point. Right. So, if you were uh, if you if you uh, saw your saw your portfolio fall there or in that 2008 crash, uh, then it was it was could have been quite a few years, three to five years before you you were able to get back to that point. Let, let me ask all you guys this, since everybody has the opinion that ultimately there's going to be a recession. What's your evidence for that? Why do you why do you think that that's going to be the case? What are you reading? Do you, got, you have headlines? Do you have thoughts? I mean, what what exactly makes you think there's going to be a recession? And and, and, and also, as a follow up question, what the hell so funny about a recession, Miranda? Because you keep laughing. <laughs> well, I just I, I, I it's funny because, you know, like I said, I've been saying we're due for one for like we've been due for one for like 17 since 2017. So that's why I'm laughing. It's not necessarily that I think a recession is funny. I just think that, you know, we've, it just, it, I just keep expecting it to happen and it just doesn't. Um, so, All right. So we're setting uh, Miranda to be the villain here. I like this. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, well, that's that's what, what we do. We do every that's what week, we do. Fact, <laughs> Joseph, so. But no, I mean, anyway, so why, why, does everyone, why is everyone so convinced? So I think part of it is, is that in general markets and economies are cyclical. Uh, to some degree. And so what you can expect is, is some sort of down cycle every uh, eight to 10 years, every seven to seven to nine, eight to 10, somewhere in there, you can expect some sort of a down cycle, you can expect some sort of um, pullback. And so for me, it's just mostly looking at the cycles and saying, okay, well, you know, 2017, 2018, we were kind of due for one, uh, they kind of staved that off a little bit with the tax tra tax cut and jobs act and all of these companies uh, getting a bunch of extra revenue and buying their own stocks back and being able to to prop up the market, um, you know. So then, so then I was like, okay, well, okay. So we put it off a little bit with with policy with with laws, uh, but then the pandemic came and you know people were having some struggles and everything else, and so it's like, okay, that's something that's probably likely to trigger recession, but but then. Um, you know, well, that was a recession, right? 2020. I mean, uh, and by actually, any definition, we actually no? didn't No, We actually didn't. I don't believe we did. Did we actually move because, into a because recession? Because we didn't have two consecutive quarters. Is that what yeah. it was? I think it was technically a, a recession. Maybe. Well, I mean, so, it certainly yeah, was a bear so, market. So we know that. Sure. Yeah, we got really a very short. short. We got a very short. Um, we got a very short kind of flash crash that recovered within weeks and months of the stock market. Yeah, that, like well, that's this, true, the stock market. Yeah, yes. The stock market recovered almost immediately after crashing. Um, so it's so so just kind of just looking at it cyclically. But unemployment we just, went to 10%. Right. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, whether, but, whether it was two quarters or not, it was a, a really bad time right, in the American yeah, economy. It was, sure. it was not great, and we didn't feel it. And so that's why I was kind of surprised that it didn't last longer, right? Uh, we kind of pushed... Yeah, kind me of too. pushed off. Yeah. So we kind of, but we, but part of what we've been doing since the 1980s is constantly trying to push off 
these cycles. Nobody wants to be president. Nobody wants to be in charge of Congress when we have have a regular old down cycle. Nobody wants to be in charge. And so we just keep trying to push it off, which is why I'm actually waiting for something bigger, because the longer you put these kinds of natural cycles off and these natural uh, pressures off, like I just feel like there's got to be something bigger coming um, because of how long we've put it off. There's only so much quantitative easing we could do. There's only so many times our our companies can buy their stocks back and do this without providing any sort of relief for working people um, in terms of like real you know results, right? I mean, companies are seeing record profits right now. Um, and most of our inflation right now is actually coming from companies jacking up prices and calling it and blaming it on the supply chain instead of absorbing costs. And we talked about that in the past. So, so I just figure at some point we've got like, it's inevitable at some point. Well, that's true. So, Especially so let's your, your okay, now everybody tell economy. me I'm wrong. Let's do it. <laughs> You're wrong. Now, well, okay, let me ask you this, Joseph. I was going to ask you, too, why are we going to recession? But let me read you something first. Now, today is um, April 7th, 2022, and just this morning, it's a Thursday, and that's when they do the um, the um, unemployment reports. And today, I'm looking for the – okay, here we go. 166,000, right? Yeah. U.S. jobless claims fall to 166,000, lowest level since 1968. Now, this is from the yep. Wall Street Journal. I'm going to read you a little blurb. Um, new applications for U.S. unemployment benefits fell last week to a near 54-year low as employers held on to workers in a tight labor market. Competition for workers has driven up wages, especially in industries facing the worst shortages like leisure and hospitality. Average hourly earnings grew 5.6% in March from a year earlier. Okay, so this would be the exact opposite of a recession, right? Sure. I mean, we, we just had this the, the best uh, or the lowest jobless claim since 1968. 68. So, yes. okay, so so help me understand this, Joseph. I'm reading that the economy's rocking. It and is. And yet we're all talking and, about recession. Yeah. Why is that? And I'm going to give you another statistic, and, uh, and it's going to feed into exactly why we will get a recession. Uh, the other one, 8%. That's the uh, consumer price inflation uh, year over year as of the last month. Now, that's going to be updated here on the 12th. So in about five days, uh, it's updated. Consumer price index comes out every, every month around the 12th. And uh, that will probably be double digits, so probably 10% plus uh, this month or the, this next uh, this next reading for the month of uh, March, just because of the increase in gasoline, the increase in commodity prices, things like that, due to uh, the Ukraine invasion. But it was already 8%, which is higher as high as it's been since 1982. So uh, there's 40 year 40 year high in inflation. And the problem here is the Federal Reserve. And, you know, I, I, I love the Fed. They do a lot of great things. They're smarter people than I am, but they are horrible at balancing their two mandates. They are horrible <laughs> at balancing interest rates. And almost, uh, you know, 90% of the recessions we get are because of missteps by, uh, you know, the Federal Reserve. Okay, so the Fed has two mandates. It needs to keep unemployment low, uh, but also keep inflation low, right? And those are two very uh, contradictory forces sometimes because if you've got a strong a strong economy like we have now, very low unemployment uh, and, and great job growth, then you're probably going to have a little bit higher prices, higher price inflation, uh, which is exactly what we're seeing, 8% highest in 40 years. So what the Fed is doing now, after many, many years of keeping interest rates very low, uh, basically at zero, and really juicing the economy with that low cost of uh, borrowing money, we've seen 
trillions of dollars added to uh, you know the balance sheets of of companies just by borrowing because it's basically free money. Uh, they are now going to be raising those interest rates. They are now going to be taking that stimulus out of the economy. Uh, and you know what? They can do it as fast as they want because that unemployment level is so low, because jobs are, are so good. They can raise interest rates rapidly uh, uh, because they really need to handle this other side of that mandate, of, their, of the coin, the inflation. So they're going to be raising interest rates very fast, going to bring the economy to a screeching halt. And uh, and like I said, you know, the Fed is has been historically horrible at doing this, horrible at balancing that, where they don't raise rates too fast to choke off the economy. Um, so what I think is going to happen is is we get to uh, we get through this year, the Fed has raised rates from zero to uh, all the way up to about two and a half to three percent, and at that point you really do start to see the economy slow down. You see that cost of borrowing really start to hit companies. Uh, you see the wage growth and the inflation. Uh, really start to hit their their profitability, which means, of course, they have to lay off workers to uh, to maintain that profitability, and uh, and that you know that turns the tide on employment as well. So it's really kind of the cyclical nature that Miranda was talking about. Uh, I hate to agree with her, especially since she had to point out that company prop companies are, are, are the devils here, and the, the profits as a as a stock investor, I uh, I have a an ownership interest in those profits. So go companies. Uh, but, um, you know, it is the communist member of our panel. Do they need to gouge? Do they need to gouge us? <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Well, it, de it depends on what companies they are. If hey, I own stocks in them, yes, they do. <laughs> listen, listen, comrade, okay? Listen, comrade, this isn't about that, okay? We're talking about recession now. And let, let me just summarize, because we're going to have to go to break, and then we're going to come back and talk about exactly what to do if we are looking at a recession. But let me just summarize. Essentially, what the, what the Fed is trying to do is they're trying to raise interest rates enough to slow the economy enough so that inflation subsides. Uh, if they're able to do that without causing too much disruption in the economy, that's called a soft landing. It's very rare, though, and it's hard to do, and especially when the Fed is as behind the curve as they are now. So the reason we all think there's going to be a recession is because inflation's high, interest rates are going to go up to combat that inflation, and that interest rate, those higher interest rates might slow down the economy to such an extent that it causes a, a recession. Everybody agree with that? Great yes, summary. Okay. Now, well so we're, we're going to take a really quick break. Great host. <laughs> we're going to take a really quick break, and then we're going to come back and tell you exactly what you should do. Uh, and I and we'll ask uh, you know Comrade Miranda what she thinks you should do too to to combat this this potential recession. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. Um, so I'm interested to know now. I know what Miranda is going to do. In, in the case of a recession, she's going to keep putting money into <laughs> S&P 500 index fund. <laughs> dollar cost average into my index funds. <laughs> okay, but no. Okay, seriously, Miranda, is there something? Because I, I know that Joseph's going to have some ideas. Is there something you would advise people to do if you know that there's a recession coming? Would you do everything exactly the same, or is there something you would do differently? Yeah. So for my retirement fund, I'm going to keep it the same. Keep the dollar cost averaging going. Uh, for my travel fund, mostly the same. I might tweak my asset allocation to focus more on um, my my bonds and you know some of those some of those kinds of securities. Uh, but the biggest change is going to be in my son's college fund. So he's so I use a bucket strategy for him now that he's going to be starting school. So I sell some stuff high and say, okay, this is how much cash I need for the next couple of years for schooling, and I move that into cash. And, and kind of uh, kind of shift that around a little bit so that um, I'm still leaving money in 
to grow in stocks, but also saying, I'm going to need this cash. So I go ahead and sell some of that and redo my asset allocation a little bit to reflect my needs. Uh, sort of like what Joseph was talking about earlier on. What, when do I need the cash? What do I need it for? And how do I position myself now before okay. the crash comes? So fair to say you're being a little more cautious. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Okay, now, in fact, we haven't heard from Aaron in a while. Aaron, um, is there something you would do uh, about a, uh, a re an impending recession? What What would you do differently? Aaron, Aaron knows a lot about real estate. Uh, knows something about stocks, not quite as much, uh, perhaps, as the rest of us, but but something. But anyway, so Aaron, what would you do in, in the face of an impending recession? I don't know. This year is is uh, it's it's a little bit odd. If you go through the seventies and eighties and nineties, and you look at housing. Uh, Every recession, housing usually doesn't go down. It'll actually still go up. Um, but there's a big change this time, uh, and that is even though it seems like there's been a lot of investing in real estate, which has really pushed it up a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of times when uh, the economy is kind of wishy-washy, people buy land because it's it's stable. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, COVID kind of threw the, the whole thing into a different realm where people stayed together. They didn't move around. People moved back in with families. And now all of a sudden there's a big uptick in divorces. There's an uptick in all these kids leaving that house and trying to find homes. How's, uh, there's been a lower building. So there's not, you know, there's a little bit of shortage in a house, house building, but yet it's still there. It's uh, a lot of multifamilies are being built. So there could be an explosion of houses being put back on the market. You mean um, like foreclosures? No, just, you know, people like there's been a lot of divorces, but now people are going to bring their families back together, you know, so you, they're going to sell, you know, this extra house. You so know? There's going to be a lot um, of inventory, there which is a problem be, now. A there could inventory. be a lot more inventory down the road. It's going to take a while. But it so could now be. if you so would, would you use the recession to, to take advantage of well, you, you, you said that prices weren't declining. Or, or we didn't Usually they don't decline, decline in, how, in, in during recessions, but there um, may be fewer buyers, and maybe it'll get better deals in a recession. One yeah. would hope. Yeah, I mean, by I mean, definition, if, if, I mean, if look you at, define recession we speak, by mortgage you know, rates are getting higher and people are making wages and stuff like that, I mean, every recession seems to be built based on weird elements. Uh, it's not really you know the Fed is just trying to control crazy things that are out of control, like. Um, you know, low fuel uh, wars, uh, the housing bubble, the dot com. I think that all these crazy events happen that that create the recession, and the Fed is playing catch up to all of these things. So when That's you're true. trying to predict it, it just seems like a very hard thing to predict. Like what's going to be the next event that rolls it out. Um, so I don't, I don't know. At the end, you know. Yeah. Okay, Joseph, you're our sure. expert. Uh, tell me, okay, you've already told me you think there's going to be a recession. Now tell me what to do about it. Sure. I'm, I'm a huge stock investor just like you are. So tell me what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, I, I'd agree with a lot of, I hate to say that, I'd agree again with a lot of with what, what Miranda says. Uh, in the eventuality of a recession, I, I mean, you oh want to be God. in those, you want to be in those safety sectors, right? Utilities, uh, stocks in the consumer staples sector, uh, you know, those those companies that sell things you have to buy. Uh, things like pop tarts um, that uh, that are going to have you know those stable cash flows and, and typically do better than you know maybe your tech stocks or other growth stocks in a recession. Even bonds, uh, bonds right now bonds have been pretty much dead money for for the last year or so. But uh, bond yields are are getting up. I think the Vanguard uh, long term bond fund, the ticker BLV, actually pays a, a two point nine almost a three percent dividend yield right now, and, and it's down something like 15% over the last three months, which is unheard of for 
a relatively safe bond fund. So eventually, you, you know, you want to look for the safety in in those kinds of stocks, uh, utilities, consumer staples, some of those bond funds. Um, more importantly, though, I, I think is to realize that this might be the best time to invest, really, your opportunity to, to buy all the way on the way down, rather than what most investors do, right? They get excited when the market's going up, everybody's talking about stocks, and they're buying all the way up, they're buying as those prices go up. Well, why not, uh, you know, why not turn that fear on, on its head and start buying on the way down? Uh, so you're getting those prices all the way down. I would say, though, you know, like we talked about with the, the boiling pot and how the stocks never crash while you're watching them, being, you know, if you're going to be actively investing here and, uh, you know, changing up your, your stocks and your investments according to, you know, what you feel is going to happen, being early is just as bad as being uh, wrong sometimes, right? Yeah. If we do look at some of the some of the history here, you know, during Fed rate increase cycles, okay, so while the Fed is increasing rates, Stocks typically go up, you know, if you if you look at so the last three cycles here in starting June 99, June 2004 and December 2015 to December 2015, Fed actually raised rates for three years. Um, and uh, and stocks, you know, stocks did a large cap growth stocks did 12% a year through that period. Uh, over the over all three of those periods, uh, large cap stocks did about 12 13% on average. Even bonds went up. Even bond uh, bonds returned well, bonds positive. Are, yeah, interest yeah. rates went down during the recession, right? So bond that makes bond prices. Well, go. no, while while the Fed was increasing rates. Oh, okay. So during these now, rate okay. hike cycles, so you know, counterintuitively, right? Because bond prices are supposed to go down when rates are going up. But during those periods, uh, and you really you just have to look at the underlying reason. Okay, why is the Fed raising rates? Yeah. Because the economy is good. You know, it feels that it can raise rates to bring inflation down a little bit. So the economy is good while the Fed is raising rates. What you need to be worried about is when the Fed starts saying, oh, I don't know, the, the economy is looking a little shakier. We're going to stop, we're going to pause or slow down the rate hikes. That's usually when you get the warning signs. And that's usually when we do actually see a recession, because of course, that's when that rate hike cycle that came before actually starts to starts to hit the economy, uh, as we were talking about. Yeah, you know, so, it's, it's interesting. Oh, go ahead, Joseph, finish your thought. Well, I, I would say again, just do not get panicked out of this market. Do not, uh, do not feel like you have to jump out of stocks just because you hear about a, a, an inverted yield curve or uh, the Fed raising rates or, or anything like that. Uh, it is is much more of a uh, you know wait and see kind of game. Uh, keep that habit of uh, of investing every month, uh, investing your money every month. Maybe build up a little bit more cash, uh, like I said, because there will be some some uh, eventually some some great prices to go at when stocks do co start coming down, and that's when you want to start buying. You don't want to get panicked. You want don't want to get um, you know sh shaken out of this market uh, and be fear be be afraid to get back in and start buying stocks at those prices. Well said. Yeah, I like. Yeah. I, I was gonna say I like what you said about the cash thing. I've actually been. Um, my business has been doing pretty well and I've been, uh, just, I keep, I'm staying the course with the dollar cost averaging in the plan, but I have been setting aside a little extra cash so that when, you know, when the recession comes, when the stock market really does crash, I can, I can pick up some bargains. Yeah, sure. Well, sure. And, you invest know, in we're, yourself, we're, man. Right. Yeah. You know, if 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 stocks seem expensive, if if the stock market seems uncertain to you, and, and you're really worried about stocks going down, then invest in yourself. Invest in your own business so you can create that cash flow to to invest later. Yeah. What I've been what I've been saying for months now, Joseph, is if you're not going to adjust your portfolio, adjust your expectations because and, and this is happening happening now. You know, the market is down for the year. 
uh, and and I have not I've not sold stocks. I was going to uh, because I am five years from retirement, uh, and I was going to sell a bunch of stocks because I knew this. I knew the market would have to top obviously because it went up twenty percent plus every year for three years in a row. I mean, just to return return to the mean, it, it's going to have to go down. And this would be would have been a perfect opportunity for me to sell. Why did I not sell? Because I'm not smart enough to know when to buy. That requires two decisions: when to sell and then when to buy back in. You know, and, sure. and so what I did instead was I adjusted my expectations, put less money into the, my portfolio, as Miranda just said. Uh, so you know, I, I have you know all my extra income that I have. It's not going into the stock market now, although I still have a lot of money in the stock market. But what, what's interesting the, about uh, the the stock market, though, and things you hear are a stocks are a good hedge against inflation, but b Rising interest rates, because of inflation, tend to hurt the stock market. Both these things are true in, in different ways. So what I, what, what's important to learn, if you're listening to this, is that not all stocks go down in a recession. I mean, unless, you know, if there's a huge crash, basically, yes, all stocks go down. But uh, right now, if you have companies that make money and have pricing power, you can be fine. I, I own Apple. Uh, I, I own Conoco uh, Phillips. Uh, these are companies that make money, have a product, can raise prices if they need to, and with an oil company, I mean they're benefiting from from inflation. So it, remember, it's a market of stocks, not a stock market. Companies that are that don't make money, uh, that are that are real risky, they're the ones who are getting tanked right now. Companies that do make money, not so bad. You know, so that would be the thing I would urge people to do. And you can you can invest in oil in a sector fund, uh, in an ETF. Uh, you can invest in uh, um, pharmaceuticals. They're not going down if there's a recession. So there there are places you can hide, and still make money in in, in recessionary times. Agree, Joseph. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's really that changing of the uh, changing of the guard, so to speak, from from what has worked so well over the last three years, even the last 10 years, you know, growth historically over decades of value stocks had, had beaten growth. And then just over this last 10 years, growth's just taken off uh, with those low interest rates and really fast, fast global growth, in fact. And uh, and you get these uh, you get these fund managers like Kathy Wood that, that have just become gods in the space. Uh, and <laughs> people start to question that that Warren Buffett value approach to investing. Uh, and now I think as that turns back, and we start seeing these companies that are those about typical value stocks, you know, those those companies of strong cash flow and stable cash flow companies that, that Warren Buffett loves to loves to just buy. Um, you know, I think as we see those come back into favor, then uh, people start switching back over into that. And those are going to be the stocks that are going to protect you the most. Right? Yeah, I, I had to laugh when you said that, Joseph, because I just last Friday, April 4th, uh, I bought a mutual or an ETF that goes up in value. As Kathy Wood's Arc Fund goes down in value. Ah, the counter. So I, yep, yep. Th th and by the way, this is called a hedge for those of you who are unfamiliar. <laughs> so I own a bunch of stocks. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm going to benefit when some other stocks go down. I own stocks like I just described. I own Apple. I own Conoco. So I've got stocks that are making money and and have and have uh have price power, pricing power. It, but I know these companies that are more speculative may, may go down. So I bought an ETF that becomes more valuable. As, as those speculative stocks go down. And that stock, in the last week, I've made about 60% on it. Wow. Um, actually, I'm sorry, that's not true. I made about 20% on it. Another thing I did, too, is I hedged my Apple. I don't want to sell my Apple, but I don't think it's going to go to 180. So I sold the right for somebody else to buy it from me at 180 when it was about 178 this past Monday. 
uh, and now it's down to 171. So I, I collected, I, I gave somebody the right, they paid me for the right to buy my Apple between now and two weeks from now uh, at, at 180. It's at 170. That uh, I, I collected six thousand dollars, and that's and now I can buy that back. This is this is a hedge uh, position. I, I can buy that back for like a thousand. So I made like five thousand dollars, not betting that Apple would go down, but betting that it wouldn't go up past one eight. So these are that covered call strategy. It, it's a great strategy and, and great strategy for uh, any uh, energy stocks, oil investors, gold investors, uh, things like that. You know, those commodities have just gone through the roof, uh, but they are starting to come down. But what you got to understand with these with these oil stocks in particular, like Chevron, like ConocoPhillips, they are still making boatloads of money, even boat you know, loads. even if oil's, oil comes down. Oil comes down from 101 $110 a barrel, now down to about $97 a barrel. Even if it comes down further, Chevron has a, a cost of production right around $40 a, a barrel, right? So that uh, you know that that oil price is going to come down, uh, and, and the stock may come down a little bit, but the company is still making a cash flow, uh, you know, it's a cash flow machine, right? Yeah. And instead of, uh, you know, they see the writing on the wall, they see the death of, of oil and some of these fossil fuels. So they're not exploring, they're not spending quite as much right. money uh, for for the future growth. They're they're sending that cash flow out to investors through a buyback through dividends. So I want to keep those shares, uh, but but I'm a little worried. You know, I want to hedge against that uh, that that near term stock price. Yeah. So that cover call strategy, too. great way to uh, yeah, great way to keep the shares keep that cash flow machine going through the dividends uh, and take a little bit of risk out of the stock. Absolutely. Now, and these are relatively sophisticated things, hedging. So I apologize to those of you out there who are listening because we're not going to have time really to go into it. In fact, we're about to close. Uh, but just be aware there are things you can do other than selling your stocks to e either protect your profits or to hedge against a falling stock market. Although nothing is available with no risk. I mean, there are things, you know, I could have gotten my Apple called away at 180. So, you know, there, there are things that can happen. But just be aware there are things you can do. And the main thing to be aware of is that this is the deal, guys. This is a cyclical economy. And this stuff's going to happen every now and then. Don't look at it as a, you know, one of the, one of the expressions I remember from back in my days as a stockbroker was, um, Wall Street's the only, only mall on earth where when things go on sale, nobody wants to go. Uh, so remember that what, what, what Joseph said, you know, when prices go down, that's when you're a buyer, not when you're a seller. So anybody else have any last thoughts before we close this one out? You know, just keep that habit of investing. Yeah, keep invest every month. Um, maybe you keep some of it in cash rather than actually buying stocks, but, but keep that money going into, into your account and understand, again, yeah, that the best opportunities are as prices come down. Awesome. Miranda, comrade? Yeah, I was just going to say, don't forget, too, to position your other areas of your financial life. Um, you know, while the stock market is crashing or we're getting ready for a recession, uh, think about doing things like paying down your debt, because as rates go up, yeah. as the Fed tries to keep this going, your debt's going to cost a lot more money. So if you have those credit cards, if you have um, that those kind of variable interest rates, uh, you know, look at, look at paying down some of that debt. Um, look at paying, boosting your savings so that you're ready to take advantage of these stock market deals or so that you're ready just in case you know when the recession hits if you lose your job or you have some other issue some cash flow issues you've got your savings uh, boosted up and figure out where are your priorities what can you cut like look at your budget now is a good time before a recession to say here's my budget what are the most important things what do I have to cover and what if the recession comes can I cut to improve my budget and my cash flow during these times so so get that like now figure that out those now. are great suggestions yeah, Miranda. So and I, wish, I wish i thought later. of them brought them up earlier you're absolutely yeah. right okay we are out of here we are out of time guys but you know what we are never ever ever out of topic 
dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And of course, you want to see Joseph at his website. That is mystockmarketbasics.com. mystockmarketbasics.com. If you got a question, top, or comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one final thing, if you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds. Helps us, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. I'm Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. And Joseph Hogue. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time. 